Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Soon after midday on Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, the London Ambulance Service received a frantic phone call from Susan Oliver. Susan lived in Mottingham, South London, with her 74-year-old husband, David. She hysterically told the operator that her partner had been stabbed at their home. Both police and paramedics rushed to the scene, where they were ushered into a bedroom on the first floor of the property. Upon entering the room, they observed an elderly man lying on what appeared to be a hospital bed. It was David Oliver. His body was covered in blood, which was pulled around him, saturating the sheets. As they got closer, paramedics could see the source of the blood. It appeared as though David had been brutally attacked with a sharp instrument. The injury that produced the most blood was a wound to the neck. The area had effectively been cut open. David was motionless and cold to the touch. A purple kitchen knife was in plain view, resting on his shoulder. 
the injuries were catastrophic, and there was nothing that could be done. Despite life-saving measures, David Oliver was pronounced dead at 12.25pm. His wife Susan was distraught. She immediately revealed the identity of the killer. That morning, you selected a knife from the kitchen. You then cut his throat repeatedly with severe force. You stabbed his mouth so that he could not cry out and his eyes so that he couldn't look at you as you killed him. Welcome to They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 24th in a series of bonus episodes. David and Susan Oliver had been married for five and a half decades after they tied the knot in 1966. The couple had started a family, as welcoming a son, and then in 1977, they adopted a ten-year-old girl named Stephanie. Stephanie had struggled with various physical and mental health issues, and spent time in several hospitals as a young adult. Decades later, she became pregnant, although the child was not planned. Stephanie gave birth to a baby boy in 1997, and along with her partner James, they named the child Ben. As he grew it became apparent that young Ben was struggling to hear. His mother was told by doctors her son had a hearing impairment. By this point, Stephanie had separated from James. He had left not long after their baby was born, and he chose not to be part of Ben's life. Stephanie eventually met another man, Steve, and they embarked on a new relationship. The couple went on to have two daughters together. However, Steve singled out his stepson, and Ben was physically abused. Things went from bad to worse when he was five years old. Steve began to show his stepson images of child abuse, and Ben was sexually assaulted by a neighbour. As the abuse continued throughout Ben's young life, a horrific betrayal came from within the family. When Ben was just 13 years old, Stephanie videotaped Steve abusing her son. Police and social services became involved with the family. From this point on, Ben Oliver was moved in and out of care. Life at school was not much better for the youngster. He found himself the victim of bullying due to his hearing impairment. In addition, as a boy, he was diagnosed with autism which only compounded his difficulties as he sought to be supported throughout his education. There was no question that Ben Oliver had an extremely traumatic childhood. As the years passed, 
Stephanie reconnected with her son. Ben's behaviour had deteriorated, not only due to the abuse, but he also could not accept that his mother's new partner was a woman. Ben found it difficult to be empathetic towards others, the only exception being Susan and David Oliver. Ben had been moved from home to home, but found solace in the love of his grandparents. When he was 15 years old, Ben Oliver sexually abused a child. In September 2016, he was convicted of rape and images of child sexual abuse were found in his possession. Oliver was handed a six-year sentence, half of which was to be spent in youth custody. While there, Ben Oliver found himself a victim of the other detained youths who violently beat him and taunted him ruthlessly. He was described as extremely troubled and was prescribed medication for both autism and depression. In 2019, Ben Oliver was released on licence. He was provided with assisted accommodation just a few miles away from his grandparents. Upon his release, he remained close to both Susan and David. They set up a bedroom for him in their home. Susan said that her husband, quote, loved Ben to bits, and most evenings her grandson would curl up with her on the sofa to watch EastEnders. Sadly, David Oliver suffered a stroke in 2016, only days before his grandson was taken into custody. This resulted in David being bed-bound and immobile, save for the use of his right arm. He needed assistance with even the most basic of tasks, such as washing and feeding himself. The family had hoped that Ben Oliver's time in youth custody would benefit his mental well-being. Still, when he came out, he was even more troubled than when he went in. He had been self-harming and having intrusive thoughts about taking his own life. His mental health continued to decline and following the festive period of 2020... Oliver began to speak freely about suicide. His grandmother recalled in court, When Ben turned up, he came for Christmas. He came indoors and he said, Will you help me die? Susan was shocked, but her grandson begged, Please, Nan, help me die. Oliver asked for the medication she took, telling his grandmother, I just thought if you give me all your tablets, I could die in your arms. Susan was distraught, and she did not know where to turn. On January 6th, almost two weeks before the police rushed to Mottingham following a panicked 999 call, Ben Oliver called Susan. He asked, 
what happens to my ferret when I kill myself. Oliver told his grandmother that he had no desire to live. Around the same time, he called the RSPCA, telling them to come and collect his pet because he intended on taking his own life. A charity worker he spoke to later recalled that Oliver was mumbling and speaking incoherently as he expressed his wish to die. He went on to admit that he had exposed himself, so Oliver was taken to a hospital. But because of his autism, Oliver did not realise he was expected to stay. He left that afternoon and caught a taxi back to his grandparents' home. Susan had begged Oliver to stay somewhere he could get help, but he returned to his flat that evening. Susan later remarked, We all knew he wasn't well and tried to get him an appointment. Ben Oliver's depression was further compounded by the nation's third lockdown due to rising cases of COVID-19. The virus had made Oliver afraid to leave the home out of fear that he would become infected, and Susan described him as being in a state of torment. Oliver was also worried that if he caught COVID-19, then he could pass it on to his grandparents. He decided to stay in his flat, communicating with his relatives by phone and having numerous conversations. Three to four calls were made per hour. In the weeks leading up to David Oliver's death, with nothing but time on his hands and little to do, Ben Oliver's mental state rapidly deteriorated. It was soon after this point he came to learn that his grandfather had been accused of historic sexual abuse. These were unproven allegations, but upon hearing them, Oliver felt a tremendous amount of rage build up inside of him. Oliver already knew about other allegations that his grandfather had mistreated Susan during their marriage by having numerous affairs behind her back. Other members of the family were also aware of the unsubstantiated claims of sexual abuse, and both Oliver's mother and uncle had expressed a desire to kill their father. The siblings needed to be dissuaded by their mother from doing so. Then one afternoon... Stephanie told her son that she would never find peace as long as her father was alive. Ben Oliver confided to his grandmother the allegations against his grandfather made it impossible to love him anymore. In fact, he remarked that he despised his grandfather. On January 14th, 2021, Ben Oliver attempted to take his life. He first tried to hang himself in his flat and then drank bath water contaminated with bleach. He was rushed to A&E but was released with the assistance of a home treatment team. Susan described her grandson at this point as absolutely tormented. 
she urged him to move in permanently with her and not return to the flat. Oliver eventually agreed, moving in for good with his grandparents. Susan was already an around-the-clock carer for her husband, along with the help of daily carers who came to her home each morning. Susan loved her grandson and wanted the very best for him. She thought it would be practical for him to live with her and her husband, where she could keep an eye on both of them. Susan had hoped the stable environment would have a positive effect. However, the depression still lingered, and Ben Oliver's mental health took an even darker turn. Oliver started to speak about demons that were out to get him. The morning of January 19th, 2021 started out like any regular day for the family. However, Susan noticed that her grandson was acting stranger than normal. He was noted as being jittery and could not sit still. David's carers paid a visit, and when they left, Susan brought him a biscuit and a hot drink. At around 11.30am, Ben Oliver asked his grandmother if he could have a cuddle, to which she agreed. Susan clutched her grandson before he told her, Nanny, when I'm with you, I just feel safe. A short while later, Susan wondered where her grandson had gone, so she started looking for him. As she approached her husband's bedroom door, Oliver emerged. His clothing was saturated in blood, and he told his grandmother, Don't go in there, Nan. I don't want you to see that. He then apologised profusely before telling Susan, He cannot hurt you anymore now. Susan ignored her grandson's words and walked into David's room. She found him motionless in his blood-soaked bed. After cuddling his grandmother, Ben Oliver had crept downstairs, retrieving a knife from the kitchen and attacking his immobile grandfather. Oliver then picked up his mobile phone and sent a text message to his mother. It read, Mum, I've killed Grandad. I love you. He then sat with Susan as she called 999. Before the police arrived, Oliver went upstairs to his bedroom and sat on his window ledge. Susan followed close behind. She thought he was going to hurl himself out of the window, but she talked him down. When paramedics and police descended on the home and were made aware of who the killer was, Ben Oliver was arrested. He was still inside the property, smoking a cigarette in his bedroom. As handcuffs were placed on Oliver's wrists, 
Susan had told the police. We all wanted to kill him. She was referring to her husband. The next day, Ben Oliver appeared at the Old Bailey via video link from Wandsworth Prison. He was wearing a mask and only spoke to confirm his identity. Judge Rebecca Poulet QC set a plea hearing for April 9th and the defendant was remanded into custody. He was seen by several psychiatrists who all confirmed the autism diagnosis and believed that Ben Oliver was suffering from depression and adjustment disorder. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Center. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. 
David Oliver's body was transported to the pathologist for a cause of death to be determined. They discovered that David had attempted to defend himself against the frenzied attack using his one mobile arm. He had sustained 21 stab wounds to the face and 7 to the chest. David Oliver had died within a matter of minutes from massive blood loss. Ben Oliver stood trial for the murder of his grandfather in May 2022. By now, he had already pleaded guilty to manslaughter by reason of diminished responsibility. Both the prosecution and defence agreed that the defendant had stabbed his grandfather to death on January 19th the previous year. His defence counsel argued that his client's responsibility was diminished, meaning the defendant could not be guilty of murder as he was not of sound mind. The issue for the jury was going to be Oliver's mental state at the time of the killing. During opening statements, Prosecutor Lewis Mabley QC set the scene for the jury. Describing the attack on David Oliver, the barrister said, He was attacked and killed as he lay helpless in bed in his bedroom on the first floor of the house. It was a brutal attack, plainly carried out with the intention of killing him. Abley went on to speak about the allegations made against David Oliver and told the jury that Ben Oliver had been having depressive and suicidal thoughts. He had been taking antidepressants and there were a number of instances of self-harm. He was a troubled and angry young man, the prosecutor said. Ben Oliver's defence counsel, Jennifer Dempster QC, did not dispute this telling the jury, he is a young man who has experienced significant and substantial trauma in his own early life. Dempster said that while growing up, her client had been subjected to appalling abuse. Speaking in his defence, the barrister told the jury that due to the defendant's emotional and mental difficulties... Oliver could not properly process the allegations regarding his grandfather. She said, Through a series of grossly unfortunate events which we submit, combined together create an almost perfect storm in the middle of which this tragic offence was committed. Testimony was provided by Susan Oliver who detailed the events leading up to her husband's killing. She highlighted the inner turmoil that her grandson had been feeling and described his suicidal ideations. Following witness testimony and closing remarks, the jury were then sent to deliberate. They could either find Ben Oliver guilty of murder or if they believed his mental state diminished his responsibility, they could acquit him. Oliver would still be sentenced following a guilty plea to manslaughter. 
jurors deliberated for several hours before returning with a verdict. They found Ben Oliver not guilty of murdering his grandfather, David Oliver. Sentencing would follow several months later in July 2022. Legal history was going to be made, as it was the first televised sentencing at the Old Bailey. It was to be broadcast on various news channels and made available online through Sky News, BBC, ITN and the PA News Agency. The move had come to allow cameras in the Crown Court following a change in the law in 2020, but implementation was delayed because of the coronavirus pandemic. Cameras already operated in the Court of Appeal and Supreme Court, but bringing them into the Crown Court was a significant development for transparency of justice. It was decided that only the judge was to be filmed to protect the privacy of victims, witnesses and jurors. Crystal QC, the author of Justice on Trial, spoke with journalist Haroon Sadiq, voicing his opinion that televising sentencing remarks was a step in the right direction. Dor expressed his desire for trials to be opened up completely. He said this would be a great way to correct inaccuracies published in the media and also highlight how the criminal justice system was underfunded. Dor stated, But there's just no lawyers to deal with the case. They could see the judge's frustration. They could see the impact that has on witnesses and victims and I just feel like there'd be more pressure from the public to do something about it. At the moment, I just don't think the public realises how completely broken the system is. In comments that were widely reported, Justice Secretary and Deputy Prime Minister Dominic Raab appeared to agree. He said, Opening up the courtroom to cameras to film the sentencing of some of the country's most serious offenders will improve transparency and reinforce confidence in the justice system. The public will now be able to see justice handed down, helping them understand better the complex decisions judges make. Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales, Lord Burnett of Maldon, also said that the move was a very positive step in promoting open justice. Quote, I think is an exciting development because it will help the public to understand how and why criminals get the sentences they do in these very high-profile cases. On July 28th, Ben Oliver entered Court 2, one of the Old Bailey's oldest courtrooms. He was wearing a suit and specialist headphones to assist him due to his hearing difficulties. He only spoke at the beginning of the proceedings to confirm that he could understand what was being said. The prosecution sought the toughest sentence, life in prison, while the defence were hoping for leniency. Ben Oliver, you are here today to be sentenced for the unlawful killing 
of your 74-year-old grandfather, David Oliver. You were 23 when you carried out the killing and are now aged 25. On the 14th of January of this year, you pleaded guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. You were tried and acquitted of murder by a jury on the 25th of May. Judge Sarah Munro QC detailed Ben Oliver's troubled family background and his diagnosis of autism and depression. You were in and out of care and irreparably damaged by your early childhood experiences and by your learning disabilities. Throughout your childhood and adult life, you had a very strong and positive relationship with your maternal grandparents. You loved and love your nan very much, and she loved and still loves you. Her evidence at your trial was compelling and informative. You clearly displayed many of the recognised features of autistic spectrum disorder. Highlighting the criminal offences that Oliver committed during his teenage years, the judge told him, the offending was learned from your own childhood experience. Your lack of empathy or understanding was exacerbated by and rooted in your autism. Judge Sarah Munro QC noted that Oliver loved his grandparents deeply until he found out about allegations of sexual abuse involving his grandfather. The judge said that the immense love quickly transformed into hatred and Ben Oliver developed an obsessional tunnel vision, which led to a determined decision to kill. Judge Sarah Munro QC weighed up the aggravating and mitigating factors of the case. She explained that the aggravating factors included the vulnerability of David Oliver and the physical suffering he endured. She described how the stabbing was a conscious decision, including the 21 stab wounds to the face. As for the mitigating factors, she said that Ben Oliver had been the victim of a traumatic upbringing, highlighting the fact that he had been sexually abused as a young boy. The judge also went on to address the historic sexual abuse allegations. This, combined with the fact that his grandfather had been seen as cruel to his beloved grandmother, led to an uncontrollable rage building up inside of Oliver. Judge Sarah Munro QC gave Oliver credit for pleading guilty to manslaughter and his genuine feelings of remorse. The judge revealed that Oliver had told a probation officer that by killing his grandfather, he recognised he had only made matters worse and made the pain greater. Sarah Munro QC remarked, This is a young man who, on a number of levels, was woefully let down by those who should have been looking after him. She also credited Oliver for seeking help for his mental health problems. However, the judge accepted expert advice that Ben Oliver, quote, presented a significant risk to the public, 
and determined that the aggravating factors outweigh the mitigating ones. This is a complex sentencing exercise. Firstly, I have to apply the Sentencing Council guideline for this type of manslaughter. I begin by assessing the level of responsibility which you retained for the killing. There are three levels, high, medium and lower. I have decided that the level of responsibility retained by you was towards the very top of the medium level range, noting that there is an overlap between that range and the range for a high level of retained responsibility. I take that view because, unlike some cases of this kind, you were not psychotic. Your autism was defined as significant but not severe. You made the determined decision to kill your granddad and you carried out the killing in a ferocious but controlled way, making conscious decisions to attack his eyes and mouth, knowing that you were killing him and why you were doing so. The relevance of your mental abnormality is that which was articulated by the psychiatrist called on your behalf, as I have set out above. As the author of the pre-sentence report states, quotes, because of your past experiences, you did not have the resilience or skills to cope with these disclosures and your emotional well-being plummeted. Before handing down the sentence, Judge Sarah Munro QC told Ben Oliver that he was a very damaged man who would require psychiatric help for many years. Addressing Oliver, she said, In your case, I do consider the seriousness of the offence does justify a life sentence. I have already determined that the notional determinate term would be 24 years before credit for your plea of guilty. In my view, you deserve full credit for your plea of guilty, which was entered at the first reasonable opportunity after you were deemed fit to plead. The judge handed Ben Oliver a life sentence with a minimum term behind bars of 10 years and 8 months. The term was deducted by 553 days for time served on remand. So where are we now? The new law regarding cameras in courtrooms means that going forward, broadcasters can apply to senior court judges for permission to film sentencing remarks in a Crown Court in England or Wales. Scotland already had similar legislation implemented in 1992. The decision followed a hundred-year ban on cameras inside criminal courts. Resistance in the past has been motivated by the fear that allowing cameras in courtrooms could turn cases into a media circus. It follows the success of televising the Supreme Court, which garners around 20,000 views per month, along with the Court of Appeal, both of which can be viewed on the court's YouTube channel. Only cases of public importance will be televised, and ultimately the final decision will be up to the judge presiding over the case. 
Thank you for listening. And special thanks to our Patreon supporters. Tired of listening to adverts on our podcast? For the price of less than a single cup of coffee from the high street a month, you can support us through Patreon and listen to ad-free episodes, released several days before they're available anywhere else. Head over to patreon.com forward slash they walk among us. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.